joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, and I have a goodie for you today that's so appropriate for uh, this time of the year. Today's topic is stress management for the holidays, maximizing your holiday experience, and my guest today is Jack Broderick, Jr., and Jack has a tremendous amount of credibility and credentials, um, and we will discuss some of that as we chat with him today, but I want to just really get into um, what Jack does because he does some Wonderful, wonderful things. But first of all, let me welcome you to the show. Jack, welcome to the show. It's so nice to be here. I'm on the East Coast, and it's a lot of fun to be working with you on the West Coast. Well, thank you so much. Our listeners um, that are faithful to Blissful Living are going to be just so ecstatic to hear this information that you're going to disseminate upon us today. So, um, you know, Tell us, Jack, you know, I know you do a couple of things. You you do, a, actually, you do several things, and you've had, um, I want to say, some successes in your life with this. But since we're going to focus on um, this wonderful time of year where we're maximizing our holiday experience by having little or no stress at all, let's just jump right into that. So what can you tell us about um what would you like to change about the holiday seasons, just based on insight from from what you hear and people you communicate with, you know, with the stresses they go through? What would you like to educate us about? Well, Rochelle, I think everyone can realize that this period from Thanksgiving through New Year's is very stressful for a lot of us every year. And this last year has been pretty rough. So when I ask all of our listeners to think about for a moment, is how is this year feeling compared to last year? Is it more stressful or less stressful? And once you answer that for yourself, I'll share what we've learned over the years through stress management. It's your daily thoughts and your daily actions that really create what kind of stress or distress day you're having. Because stress is great. If we didn't have some stress, we'd be bored to death. But whatever becomes nasty, anxious-producing, causes us to be irritable, to be feeling overwhelmed, and that all relates to the holidays for a lot of us. Then we focus on changing some of those daily thoughts and actions very personally so we feel a little better about each one of the challenges we let come into our day. Oh, I love that because it's so appropriate. I mean, you know, me and you had a conversation offline with regards to, uh, you know, some of our a little bit of our background. And you're right, stress is is good for us in certain periods, but to be stressed all the time is, is really not good for us. For instance, we talked about my love of track and field. And um, when I was a track and field runner, 
um, getting in those blocks, you know, that was stressful because I'm getting ready to run this race. And of course I want to win. So that stress was good for me because it, it got my blood going. It got the endorphins going. It got me pumped up, so to speak. And then when the gun went off and I took off running, that stress kicked into overdrive. And then I didn't, I wasn't stressed at all. I was just focused on trying to get to the finish line first. So that's a good aspect of being in a stressful state. But as we go through the holiday season, um, you know, there are things that happen that are completely out of our control that will send people through the roof because they're so stressed about just all kind of stuff. And so I like that we're talking about this. And I like how you said that um, you want people to listeners to really, you know, think about how they're feeling this time of year versus how they felt this time last year. And uh, that really hones into some some really good things. So you talk about daily thoughts and actions. Um, Expand upon that just a little bit. Sure. Let's let's build on your reference. So whenever you're standing in those track blocks, Mm -hmm. your thoughts, being an accomplished athlete, or I'm ready for this race, I'm ready to win, I've trained, I've prepared, bring it on, rock and roll. Those are positive. Those are reality-based thoughts that literally make you feel good. Now, I've worked with elite athletes in improving their performance. So what I found is that a lot of those people that are in those track blocks all of a sudden look over to the left and they say, oh, my, (laughs) that person's faster than I am. They look down and they notice their one shoelace isn't in a triple knot. It's only in a double knot. And they're anxious about it coming loose. And then the gun goes off. And they're not ready. So we can challenge what those thoughts are. And for the holidays, how many of us have, for example, a really difficult family member that just doesn't (laughs) seem to enjoy the holidays? They're not going to change. No, they're not. And if you continue to wish that they would, you're just going to be frustrated. So an example is to take that person and in your mind – have some sympathy for them, wish them the best, but don't get hooked. And I use the analogy of you might just be a big old fish sitting in the water mm-hmm. and somebody drops a hook down with an old worm on it. Are you going to bite on that? Well, that wiggly worm is kind of like this difficult family member. That'll make you laugh a little bit. I <laughs> have financial limitations. I don't know about you guys, but boy, the money I've had has been locked over the last few years. I don't have a whole lot left compared to before, and it is what it is. But instead of worrying about it, I just get out and do my job every day. And schedules, we do not practice stress management during the holidays. We try to be everything for everybody. Give us an example of one thing you're doing, Rochelle, to manage your time more efficiently over the holidays for our viewers. Yeah, so, you know, my how I manage my time, I'm first of all, I'm a type A personality, So um, my expectation is that everybody in the world is like me and should operate like me. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding, listeners. I'm kidding. But um, how I manage myself is I'm very detailed and I'm very organized. And so the night before, um, I will look at my calendar for, say, the day. Like, you know, yet last night I'm looking at what I needed to do today, this morning, and everything is in there succinctly. And because I'm so organized and and detailed, um, I don't have worries about uh, where am I supposed to be or, 
you know, who am I talking to or, uh, you know, what should I be doing? Or, oh, I forgot to do that. I don't have all those worries because I, I have it very succinctly and I manage it in my calendar. But then also I have the gift and I call this a gift. Some people might call it a curse, but I call it a gift of um, I'm a very, very efficient multitasker. And um, this came to play when I did many, many years as an ER trauma nurse having to manage more than one patient that was critically ill and could die on me. And it's about prioritizing who was the sickest, who was going to die first, and then managing all the other patients that needed me as well. So I think it just, for me, it just comes naturally for me to be organized in detail. I was like that when I was a little girl. Um used to drive uh, my mother crazy, but... I helped her to stay on track as well. So that's just, you know, really some of the things I do is just make sure my calendar is set, um, make sure I'm focused on what I'm doing at that present moment so I'm not thinking about what I should have been doing or what I should be doing in the future. I'm always trying to focus on the present moment. And that really does help to relieve a lot of stress and anxiety because when you're focused on the present moment, then you don't give or divert energy and attention away to other things. And that that really does decrease stress for me. Well, I think a lot of our listeners are taking away from that that professionally you have a template, and that's why you're successful. Yes. And I bet a lot of our listeners are going, yeah, I show up for my job, I have my act together, it works pretty well, but my challenge, and our listeners are going to say, okay, here we go, does that roll over into your private life, your emotional life, your personal life? with the same kind of accountability and structure, or does it just all fall apart during the holidays? An example we can look at is this idea of I have to get all these gifts. Can you believe that we're having Black Friday on Thursday next week? Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I can't believe it, but I do believe it because, you know, as a matter of fact, they start putting Christmas decorations out before Halloween now. So it seems like everything is rushed, rushed, rushed you know, with the expectations um, that people put upon themselves that actually causes more stress for them because things are happening early. So they feel compelled that they need to get on, get a, you know, get a, a jump on things when they really should just be relaxing and flowing into the season. I mean, it, you know, but it's, it's the way everything around us, society and technology and everything has forced us to be. But I'm here to tell you guys, listeners, and, and listen up. If you know, guys, I like for you guys to pull over if you're driving to take notes or sitting to get, get in your favorite comfortable spot with your favorite chair, blanket or whatever, and a piece of paper and really take some notes down here. Cause this is some really important and powerful information that we're going to be disseminating upon you that is going to really, 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 I'm emphasizing really help you during this, this very chaotic season. It's going to help you to stay peaceful and people are going to be looking at you like, how come she's not stressed or how come he's not stressed? It's because you listen to this show and you get this information from me and Jack. So. Here's our first to-do list is you're taking your notes. We have an opportunity every time we have a thought to either react to it with more of an intelligent, rational perspective or an emotional one. And, for example, do I have to go shopping next Thursday? Will everybody get the deals? What if I miss something? What if I don't get everything? That's an emotional response, and you can hear where I simulated some of the anxiety, the frustration in my voice. 
as opposed to rationally challenging it and saying, you know what, I'm not going to go shopping on Thursday. It's crazy. That's a reasonable person's perspective. Mm-hmm. I've got a month and a half until Christmas. So I'd ask you to check yourself whenever you start to feel a little anxious, a little bit irritable. Maybe your hands are getting a little cold and clammy. That's a classic distress response. Maybe your breathing's becoming a little shallow. Maybe your heart's beating more rapidly. Well, if any of these things are happening, take a couple of deep breaths and say, wait a minute. What's more of a rational evaluation of these last thoughts instead of putting all this pressure on yourself to be everything for everybody? And especially for that difficult family member. I minimize yeah. how much of my energy I give them. <laughs> Do yeah. you have one of those, Oh, my goodness, yes. And, and, and again, listeners, I want you to um, really take note of what he just said for you because what, what Jack just said, if you took notes of the things he just said, and I'm going to have him just repeat it real briefly for you guys. So you, if you missed something, he may went, you know, too fast or you can't write as fast as we're talking, which, you know, I, I don't talk a hundred miles a minute. I only talk 95 miles a minute. Um, but, um, what Jack just said are things that are going to help you trigger a response where you're going to able, be able to rationalize your thoughts, which will really, really shed off the layers of stress that you might be have put upon yourself during this time. So, Jack, can you just repeat what you just said real briefly for them so if they didn't get all the notations down, they can get it? Oh, I'd be glad to. I'll give you a working scenario. We're going to family dinner with Thanksgiving, and there's the uncle there who's gruff, he's old, he's rude, Kind of sounds like me, eh? <laughs> He's not going to change. And if you feel yourself starting to get irritated, frustrated, embarrassed, if you're saying in your mind, oh, here he goes again, I wish this wouldn't happen, why does he have to do this? Those are all emotional evaluations of your thoughts. And they have stress responses involved with them, a frustration. Irritation, anger, avoidance. What I'm asking you to do is to immediately say stop with those thoughts about wishing this, for an example, of the old uncle would be different and remind yourself from your intelligent part of your brain, the rational part, he's never going to change. I will accept him as he is, and I will not let him hook me into having a stress response. But you have to think about it pretty quick. Because if you're in negative emotional mode, it takes about eight seconds for you to have a full-on fight-or-flight response. That means we actually release chemicals in our body that get us ready to either run or fight. And I don't think you want to beat up your uncle, <laughs> and I don't think you want to run away from dinner. But after about eight seconds, you've got all these stress hormones, and mostly epinephrine, norepinephrine, adrenaline, they're just turning you into an old-time caveman or cavewoman. <laughs> I, I love it. Are you smarter than the average caveman or cavewoman? Well, if you don't say no to those thoughts within eight seconds, chemically, you're a little whacked out. Right. And you have fun with this. I love to be in a room. Uh, I do conflict resolution. Corporate wellness is one of the, the avenues that I use my skills for. Uh-huh. In a room where there are eight or ten senior executives that are just all emotional. Right. They have ulterior motives. They well, have wait agendas. Wait, 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 Jack. You mean senior executives get emotional? 
What? You're kidding. <laughs> it's expressed as anger and irritation and manipulation and conniving. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. I'm going to run room in the brain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist that. <laughs> yes. Well, whenever you're having this fight or flight response because you're in emotional mode, versus your cognitive intelligent part, uh-huh. you're actually about 30% less intelligent because you've got all these chemicals, these fight or flight responses in your brain that are telling you to literally get ready to run or fight. Right. So your problem-solving ability, the idea of you being part of the solution is reduced to about 30%. Now, I don't know about our listeners, but I know if I lose 30% of my brain, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, uh, I, I definitely wouldn't have that perfectionist multitasking capabilities if I lost thirty percent. But you know what? You said something that was really insightful to me because it is so true with regards to the responses, the emotional responses that well up within us within that eight second period. Um, and, and listeners, I want you guys to really, really hone in. It's eight seconds. Eight seconds goes like that, right? But if you, if you take the information that we're telling you and ingrain it in your mind, the next time you are confronted with a situation where you may feel that you need to be reactionary, think, just, just, just use a trigger eight seconds. Just use eight seconds as a trigger. And what that's going to do is, resort your mind back or you resort your brain back to thinking about this conversation you're hearing us talk about. And you might hold back. It might be just that moment where you can take that breath and hold back and utilize what Jack is telling us versus being reactionary and going up there and slapping uncle. Oh, I'm going to say uncle Jack, uh, no pun intended. Michelle, my name is one of the most abused names in the dictionary. If you look up Jack, it's actually embarrassing. But if our, our listeners want to have some fun, Google the word Jack. Anyways, back to you. Yeah, I'm thinking of, you know, Jack, Uncle Jack, you know, Jack Daniels, you know. <laughs> it is holiday season. I'm, I'm getting in the festive mode. But but let me get back serious, you know. Um, so, you guys, just, just utilize this because, this week, I had a situation that, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person with a lot of fire. And so in Ayurveda, we call me, I would be a, a pizza dosha. And, um, and so, of course, being, you know, Sicilian and African-American, I have uh, a tendency to let my genetic heritage intertwine with my reactionary processes, so to speak. So, for instance, I had someone come to me, and I was really wanted to really like them a new one. However... Um, I did what Jack said, but I, at that point in time, I was just I was just pulling myself back, so I you know wouldn't so much break the ice, so to speak, and go through into the freezing water. Um, so I pulled myself back, and it was in that moment that I pulled myself back that eight second period of time that I was able to realize, you know what, this is not really worth getting all bent out of shape. It's not worth letting the volcano explode this time, and I was able to handle that person in a way more different light than probably I would have handled her ordinarily. So it does have power. It's just that you got to have that mindset to just, when it's happened, to avoid the reactionary period by just taking that deep breath or taking a breath or whatever in that eight-second period, and it will trigger you in a whole different direction. 
something that's fascinating to build on that, Rochelle, is whenever you're in an emotionally challenging situation, if you will just give yourself permission to literally say, no, stop thinking this emotional way, it's amazing the new insights and solutions that will appear in your mind from the smart part of your brain that's not being neutralized by the fight-or-flight response. And you're literally the smartest person in the room all of a sudden. Right, right. It, It just happens so quickly for, you know, so many of us that we don't, we're responding before we even realize it. And then sometimes you're stepping into that fire pit and, you know, sometimes once you're in the fire pit, it's hard as heck to get out of it. And so you go on and go forth. And I think sometimes people feel that if they don't have the reaction that others around them expect them to have, you know, for instance, if there's some, you know, say, I'm sorry, Jack, but say Uncle Jack is, you know, he's had one too many vodka martinis and he's just off the hook, as we say, just off, you know, just just being in his essence. Um, instead of, you know, just, uh, you know, going and, you know, cussing them out or, you know, being doing something inappropriate that's going to make you look bad, you just take that time to reflect and you have the options. You have options available to you um, within that eight-second period that can really totally change the outcome of everything for everybody, including yourself. You don't have – you're not being a coward by not standing up to Uncle Jack. You're not – you know, you're not – you don't need to go in defense mode because you're not being harmed. You don't need to allow that fight or flight and those endorphins to take you there because really, truly, you're not being harmed. You can choose to walk away, and no one's going to think any worse of you. Actually, you're going to be thought of as a better person because you walked away from a situation that was really totally unnecessary to begin with. And this happens a lot during the holiday seasons. I, I We all have family members that, well, can be quite challenging, but... um You know, we all have the option to not let them explode like a volcano, but to let us, you know, stay cool, calm, and collected like that iceberg, so to speak. One of the things we can do, and it's a very simple response whenever we have one of these confrontational situations, for example, someone verbally attacks you, you're rude, you're late, you're always inconsiderate, you didn't do enough, whoever's telling you that, my response is, I hear what you're saying, but those are your thoughts. They're not mine. I don't validate what they're saying. I don't challenge it. I simply let them know that they're going to own those because they don't belong to me. And that ends it. I love that. I love, 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 love that. Because truly, um, when you fight, when you tie, when you, when they pull you into the mess that they're trying to pull you in, then you validated them. And, 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 and what you just said is those are your thoughts, those are, that's your experience, that's not mine, I don't have to validate you by, or your thoughts or what you're saying to me by, by giving into the fight. Um, that's more powerful than anything else in a situation like what Jack just described. If you watch their face, whatever you tell them that, they get this dumbfounded look because there isn't, uh, a response back. There isn't a counter strike or an attack. They just kind of go, huh? And then you can repeat it. Yes, those are your thoughts. I heard you, and that's okay. Where else can it go but just to be diffused at that point? Right. Uh-huh. The other key aspect I want us to think about is the word no for the holidays. 
How many of you out there, and I'm addressing my female listeners a little more than our male listeners, Rochelle, because I have no problem saying no. We know that women are nurturers. Yeah. And I'm glad you are, because it would be an ugly world if you guys didn't nurture everybody. Yeah. Having said that, are you being used? Are you able to say no without guilt to the many daily demands that dramatically accelerate during the holidays? So, homework time. Who are you going to say no to today? And it doesn't have to be an absolute no, but it can be no, I'm not able to do that today. I will revisit it tomorrow or I'll revisit it next week if you want to. But if you really want to tell this person, no, I'm not able to do that, what's stopping you? How many of you will commit to giving yourselves one no today to free up some of your precious time so you can really accomplish what we call A priorities? Rochelle, give us an example before I get into A, B, and C priorities. Okay, so for instance, like, you know, we're in the holiday season, and, okay, for instance, we're preparing, you know, we're preparing our shopping list for whatever holiday meal we're going to be cooking. And your neighbor comes up or knocks on your door and says, you know, hey, Rochelle, you know, I'm going, I know you're going to the store. Um, can you take me, I know you're going to the store down the street, but can you take me to, I'm going to say, the mall um, that's in a whole nother city um, so that I can meet my, my husband. And you're like, well, okay, um, well, I can't do that right now. Well, oh, okay, you know, but I really need you to. My mom's at home. She can drive me, but, you know, I really don't want her to go out in this weather, whatever the case may be. Well, for me, it's a no. I have no problem saying no because I already have my agenda set for the day, and it does not entail me driving you 30 miles or this person 30 miles to the next city to go to the mall so they can meet their husband, especially when they have an able-bodied person at home that can do this. They just don't want to bother them. It's okay to bother me, but not bother the person at home with them. So my my prob- my answer would be no, I'm sorry. I'm getting ready to do this. These are some things I have to do. If when I'm done and I come back home and you still want to go and you still need help getting there, maybe then. But as of right now, I can't do that for you. And I have no problem with that. Thank you for asking, but I can't I can't help you at this point in time. And that would be something so simple. I mean, I could think of some other things, but that just comes to mind with regards to how people want to um, I don't want to say put, but they do. People unintentionally or intentionally put their stuff upon you. And as women, a lot of times we have a problem saying no. So then we say yes too much, and then we become overwhelmed and stressed, and then we're irritable. And I'm going to use the word quote unquote bitchy. And um, and you know because we've taken on too many demands when we should have said no to to some of them. So that that really summarizes what I often hope we can accomplish, and that's a win-win resolution. First off, you won for you by saying, right now, no, I'm not able to do it. However, you know this person, they have some value in your life, so you don't want it to be win-lose or they're alienated, so you let them know that you are open to negotiations, to discussions, to potentially meeting their needs at a later date, but you're also letting them know that you're not a doormat 
that you can't be manipulated, you can't be used, and they'll actually be having some more respect for you, at least on a, an unconscious level. It will register that, okay, this person respects me enough to say no, but we can work on it. And that, to me, really validates you as a friend and as an individual. And how many times do we lose the individual because we want to be a friend, we want to be liked, but on the inside, we're accumulating those negative emotions, the irritation when we see this person next time, mm -hmm. that anxious feeling, that just general heaviness. Well, it's because you haven't been true to yourself. So maybe our listeners, if it's not going to be embarrassing to them, to just give us a big no. Just say it out loud, a generic no. Okay. Uh, right now, no. say that. You can, you can say no right now. And, I, and Jack, you also brought up something, uh, another thought that comes came into my mind with regards to that. You know, how many times... Um, and, and I'm going to say women, because I, I, women mainly, but men do this too, I've seen this. How many times do <clears throat> you go out of your way to do something for people you love and care about? And I'm, I'm not talking about your family. I'm talking about your friends and associates. You go out of your way. You say yes to many things. You go and you do this stuff, and you love and care about these people, and you, you, you feel kind of vested in them. And then the moment you need help, no one's around for you, and then you start feeling really bad. And so the next time these people ask you, you start you have a little animosity built up because, you know, you really needed help. And you probably should have said no to some of the things that you were asked to do, but because you love and care about these people and you, you want to, you know, you, you're giving your all, you're giving your heart, you want to help them, you stress, well, I wouldn't say you stress yourself, but you put an extra load on yourself so that you can help others, but it's not reciprocated. And so then the next time you see that person, you have a little bit of animosity toward them. <clears throat> if you would just say no in the first place because you don't want to overwhelm and tax yourself, and they'll still love and care about you and respect you, but then the next time you need help and they say no to you, you won't have that animosity towards them. You won't have those negative feelings or like, you know, dang, I asked Sarah to help me when I needed such and such and such, and yet I'm always there for her, but I asked her this one time, and she couldn't help me. You won't, You avoid all of that by just choosing to say no, and you will save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of stress-related uh, things um, just by learning to say no and valuing yourself and loving and, and putting yourself first. That leads right into this A, B, and C priority structure, which is our next little bit of homework that I'd offer our listeners. Okay, listeners, listen up. Got homework for you. You should be writing this stuff down. Go ahead, Jack. The A's are what have to be accomplished today, and it also has to do with the important quality people in your life. Who are the A's? What do you want to do for them? What do you need to do for them? And what do you need and want to do for yourself? Well, we're people that procrastinate and we're people that avoid the big challenges. It's just part of our human nature. And oftentimes we'll have B priorities that aren't as important, aren't ranked as high as the A's, things to do, people to take care of, but they still mean something in our lives. But there's some challenge there. There's still some work, and the A's are the most work, and then we have the C's. This is our comfort zone. 
these are things that it doesn't really matter whether they get done next week or the week after. There are people in our lives that they're more acquaintances or associates as opposed to friends, loved ones, or family. I differentiate because you may not love the family, but they're still blood, so we have some association there. But oftentimes we'll focus our energy on the seas because it's safe, it's easy, there aren't that many challenges or compromises. And actually we're avoiding some of the A's and B's. But if you find yourself really prioritizing your time just for the A's and going back to Rochelle's example of you thought this person was an A priority, you thought it was a win-win personal relationship, and all of a sudden you're feeling a little used, you're feeling where it isn't win-win, don't sanitize that or rationalize it because it will produce a lot of suppressed anxiety and irritation, maybe devalue those people or those tasks to be your C priorities. It's a real fun way to lighten up your life, and it's some Lichen's work on time management for A, B, and C priorities, but it gives you a structure to say, okay, I only have 24 hours in a day if you're a type A like Rochelle. If you're an older type A like myself, relaxing <laughs> a little more, I've got about 16 hours of the day. But they're precious, and believe me, time flies. I'm going to be 65 in a couple of months. I have no idea how that happened. But my message to our younger listeners is every day is your life, and I think you ought to focus on your A priorities, and especially at the holidays. Going back to our initial question, I asked you guys, how does this season compare with last season? Mm -hmm. Take a couple of seconds to reflect. Rochelle, how would you just rate last season, your feeling about it, for this season? Happy, mad, sad, anxious, whatever. For me, I'm happy. I'm, I'm ecstatically happy. I am, of course, the queen of feeling fabulous. So I live my life with the eyes focused on positivity and not, and not focusing on the negativity. Now, there are moments where, you know, that does creep in. But if I had to compare this year to last year, I'd say I'm really happy and I would say I'm about the same. Um, last year was really good and during this time of the year. And this year is good. Both, last year, both my kids were in college. So they were both away. I had one on the East Coast and one in, down in Southern California. And this year, uh, the one that was on the East Coast has graduated, so he's home, and I still have the one down in Southern California, so there's, she's close to home, and I'm going to see her, so, you know, during the holiday t season. So I'm really, really happy. I'm I'm just beaming with with love. I think, actually, Jack, when I really think about it, I would have to say that I'm actually more loving and happy and enthusiastic this year than I was last year. So I would say this year is definitely by far a much, much blissful uh, time of the year for me than it was last year. And last year wasn't bad, but this year is better. Now, listeners, I'm not coaching Rochelle, but boy, she really just played in what Rochelle and you played. Last season, last <laughs> You make a fabulous team, as a matter of fact. <laughs> last season, last holiday, is the big P word. It's past. All we can do is learn from it. 
And if you're reflecting on, oh, I wish this wouldn't have happened, I wish I could have done that, that's where the no word comes in, because we cannot change the past. We can learn from it, and I hope we do, but we have to learn from it from a rational, intelligent evaluation as opposed to the emotional wishing it were different. Then we move into the future. That's the holidays coming. Thanksgiving, not here yet. Christmas, not here yet. So that is yet to be determined. For me, that's exciting. I have no fear of the unknown, and neither does Rochelle. We embrace it because we believe and we feel this with a positive perspective that we'll maximize it. But we have the opportunity to influence our future holiday coming up. But that is completely dependent on the present. And whenever Rochelle says that she's fabulous, she's wonderful, she's the queen of happiness, love, fill whatever words you want, they all apply. <laughs> that's, that's not BS. That is a mental thought. And that has chemicals that are released in her brain that feel good every time she has that thought. As opposed to, I used the B word earlier. I don't like that word, so I won't repeat it. But if you're ever feeling the B word, <laughs> that has negative hormones released. Yes. So it's a challenge in the present to really take control of your daily thoughts, which directly reflect daily behaviors. Let me give you an example of food abuse during the holidays. Oh, my. Are we going to have the fabulous 10? Um, Do I get my that? Well, no, I'm not going to have a fabulous 10. <laughs> I know what you mean. The listeners may not know what you mean. And I am, for this moment right now here today, I am declaring that I am not going to have the fabulous 10. Okay, I, I'm being a little sarcastic here. There's nothing <laughs> fabulous about it. I'm talking about 10 pounds of fat. Yeah, I know. Depending on what statistics you read, the average American, this is all genders, all ethnicities, gain between 4 and 10 pounds, not of muscle, oh, I wish it were muscle, of fat through the holidays. Well, this is a direct result of being stressed out. Every time we're stressed, if we stuff something in our mouth, especially if it's sugary, salty, and fatty, can I say Cinnabon without being sued? Well, I just did. Your <laughs> editors can edit if they need to. <laughs> that is laced with three different kinds of fat, three different kinds of sugar, crystallized cinnamon. Can you just smell it? Oh. Mm. Well, if you eat that sucker, you're going to have a cascade of more hormones that are going to make you feel good temporarily. It's a drug fix. Mm -hmm. And if you're stressed out during the holidays and you don't change your daily thoughts to be more rational, your daily behaviors may represent food abuse. Not to mention, every place you go, there's food. Here's a challenge for our listeners. Can you have people over to your house and not have the primary focus on the wonderful spread you have on your dining room table? Could we maybe have fun together, talk about stuff together, play together, as opposed to the oohs and ahs, and you're always starting to hear them in your mind, oh, oh look at this, oh, this is so good. Yes. We're not having a sexual experience here, listeners. <laughs> we are having oral gratification that, in my opinion, needs to be moderated. I'm not saying don't have fun for the holidays. Heavens, I'll eat this Cinnabon like anybody else. But guess what? I share it 
and I literally take one to two bites. That gives me about 120 calories instead of the whole thing, which is closer to the 600. So I'm asking you for moderation, change your thoughts, because if you don't, the daily behaviors that follow may tend to sabotage us. Rochelle, here's your first question for your homework. You ready for it? Yes. The appropriate answer is yes for all of our listeners. What was your first thought this morning when you woke up? You're still laying on the pillow, you're all cuddly and warm, and your eyes pop open. What was your first thought? Thank God I'm alive for today. That is so huge. Mine is, I'm so glad I didn't die last night. <laughs> we are so good, Jack. We are good. That came from my paternal grandmother, whose most of her siblings died. We're an old Irish family, and, of course, we had 10 or 12 kids each. <laughs> my paternal grandmother raised me, and she was so happy that I was healthy that she used to tell me in the morning, Jackie, that's what she called me, I'm so glad you didn't die last night. But people might think that's kind of weird. I'll tell you what, it made me feel like the most special four-year-old in the world. Yeah. My point, my point is, I want each one of our listeners to commit to having a positive reality-based. I'm not talking about sugarcoating or just a pep rally or just a hollow phrase. Whenever Rochelle shares her first thought in the morning, she feels it. It means something to her. How does it make you feel when you hear that thought in the morning, Rochelle? Um, what feeling? Oh, joyful. I, I feel joyous in my heart. Okay, now let's reflect on the negative thoughts. I whole corporate wellness program that I offer, FIT, F-I-T-T, Inc., mm -hmm. is based on stress management. And it is amazing the first thoughts that our thousands of clients over the years have shared. I'll give you an example of some of them. Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe it's Monday. They use the F word laying in bed. Oh, F, it's Monday. Oh, yeah. How, how am I going to manage this day? I have to deal with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. So -and -so. right. I can't stand my teenager. I want to put him in drug rehab. I mean, on and on. Right, I know right. My husband's having an affair. And it's breaking my heart. These are the thoughts they have first thing in the morning. If you're having any kind of anxiety-producing negative thoughts like this, it sabotages your entire day. Yes, it does. It does. So our outreach, Rochelle and I are asking you to come up with a first thought in the morning where you actually lay on your pillow, take a nice, deep, cleansing breath, feel that warm air leave your body. I don't care if it's through your mouth or nose. We Wait. don't want to get technical, but just Hold take a deep breath. Hold on, Jack, because I actually want them to practice this right now so they can see what it feels like. So all you guys out there listening, take this moment Close your eyes for a second. Well, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. But take this <laughs> That might be a little interesting. But take, <laughs> take this moment and take in a nice, slow, deep breath in through your nose and let your belly expand and then out through your, out through your mouth and let your belly contract. It feels really nice, you guys. And, and the breath is so good for resetting us. 
um, and revitalizing us. That's all we really need to do. It's the most useful, easy tool that we have available to us 24-7, and we don't. We often, 95% of the time, don't even utilize it. So do that. Take a nice deep breath in. Let it out. And continue to listen to this wisdom that Jack is bestowing upon us. Go ahead on, Jack. Here's a factoid looking at our breathing. We're all shallow breathers. I mentioned earlier that if you're in this emotional mode, anxious, frustrated, irritated, you're a rapid, shallow breather. That makes your blood much more acidic, and that helps facilitate transporting your fight-or-flight response. If you'll do what Rochelle is asking you to do, which is deep belly breathing, focused relaxation breathing, you actually make your blood more alkaline, and you will help neutralize your existing fight-or-flight hormones. And this isn't some Buddha-Buddha Far Eastern stuff. It's <laughs> fascinating knowledge. It's about 5,000 years old. Right. It's been validated by Western-based scientific research. Right. For shoving a needle in your arm, looking at the acidic, for the alkaline balance in your blood, the pH, we can control it. So after you've done these few breaths, nice and slow, think about one thing in the morning you can say that makes you feel good. And it's usually an appreciation. For me, beyond I'm so glad I didn't die last night, hearing my dear paternal grandmother's voice, and she's been dead a long time, but she's <laughs> with me, I often simply give thanks, for example, in the current reference, that I live 150 miles south of the Jersey and New York shore. I live in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And, and what a gift, because the people I know, the people I've worked with up there, their lives are destroyed. Yeah. And, and they're for the grace of whatever you believe in to go you or I. But just saying that changes your picture of your day for what you can say no to, what you can embrace. And to build on that first thought in the morning, guess what we do later on? What's our last thought? Yeah. If you're laying in bed at night, Rochelle, when you're laying in bed at night, do you ruminate? Do you run through and rummage in your mind? Or do you take a deep breath, do a meditation, and go to sleep? What's your procedure for going to sleep at night? Okay, so for me, um, I'm called, uh, I'm a manifesting generator. And what that means is, I'm sorry, I'm a generator. And what that means is I work, 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 and and not like physically work, but my mind works, works, works from the moment I get up until the moment I, I'm, I'm done working. I'm a worker. And so when I get, when I hit the pillow, I'm out because I've worked, you know, I've worked and I've, I've done what I was supposed to do for the day. But the times that, and it's very, very rarely, the times that I go to bed, you know, get in the bed and lay there and, you know, it takes me, okay, five minutes to go to deep sleep instead of instantaneously. I will think about, you know, what I'm grateful for. And I do tell that with, with the clients I work with to, to just sit, you, you know, people like for you to write it. But if, you, if you're not into that, just lay there and think about what you're grateful for. Focus on the positive aspects of your day. It's so easy to have the negative stuff come up. That's what our brain is programmed for, the um, the uh, part of our brain that is receptive to the negativity. It's programmed for that because that's just the way we were made. But to change that, 
you know, think about what you're positive for. I know um, and what you're grateful for. I know Oprah has um, an appreciation journal or journal journal of gratitude that she writes in at night before she goes to bed. I don't write. I just think, okay, you know, I was grateful that for, and it could be something simple. I was grateful for, you know, I drove my son's car and uh, when I hopped in the car, I drove my son's car and it didn't run out of gas. Because when I hopped in the car, the gas light was on, but I was able to make it to the store and to the gas station and back home without running out of gas. I'm grateful for that because I don't know how much gas that boy had left in his car. Or, you know, I'm grateful for my little chihuahua dog who loves me so much that no matter what I do, when I look at her beautiful little eyes and her little body, all I see is, is a bundle of love beaming back to me. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my husband, you know, putting up with me and all my idiosyncrasies uh, that I, you know, sometimes put upon him during the day. So, you know, stuff like that. I'm grateful for my kids. I have beautiful, wonderful, intelligent, talented, and very good, good children. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful that um, God allowed me to be their mother and to show them and to teach them as they were growing up how to be um, productive and respectful adults as they transition into their adult life. So it's just things like that, that I just take you know, take time and just really ruminate. And believe me, when I do that, I have the best sleep ever, ever. I wake up feeling refreshed and vibrant and, you know, thanking God for this day that I'm alive. It's just, it's just so, so powerful. So that's what I do. What you just shared with us is more than powerful. It's real. How many of our listeners experienced some of the calmness, the serenity, the joy that was coming out of this woman's mouth. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. I just tell you. It's real. I mean, it's real. um, And I figure, you know, the way I think about it is if it works for me, it can potentially work for someone else. And it's really simple to do. You just have to remember to do it and take the action steps to do it. Here's how you can prove to yourselves, each and every one of our listeners, that it will work for you. Tonight, I want you to lay in bed, and for 30 seconds, I want you to think of the nasty, unpleasant, pissy things that have happened to you today. Only for 30 seconds. And I want you to notice how that physically makes you feel. And I summarized them earlier. The rapid shower breathing, the increased heart rate, the cold, clammy hands, the tight jaw, the tension in the shoulders, on and on. Then I would like you to take three minutes of deep, relaxed belly breathing, and each time you exhale, think about one or two unique positive experiences that you're grateful for, and Rochelle just gave us a great list. And notice how you now feel. It's amazing. I'd like to give you a little bit more homework if I can, and it's called The Twelve Commandments of Wellness. The Ten Commandments was a pretty good idea, so I plagiarized it. And we have 12 commandments of wellness. Now, Rochelle has this one-page PDF, and if you email her, she'd be glad to send it out to you. Yes. So pay attention, but you don't have to write it down. You must eat breakfast. I don't care if it nauseates you. I don't care if you don't have time. Eat breakfast seven days a week for three weeks, and you will train yourself to start to cause a stressless day. Whenever you wake up, you have to break the fast. That's what breakfast means. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, 
your body's stressed out. You have to drink your water. Our bodies are 50 to 60% water total, depending on who you want to cite. But let's be more specific. The little discs between each one of the vertebrae in your back, those intramural discs you hear, oh, I've got a lumbar disc that ruptured, whatever. They're made of 90% water. So it might be a real good idea, especially if you're sucking down the dehydrators, the caffeines, the Mountain Dews, the uh-huh. uh, energy drinks. And I'm not putting those down. If that's what you're doing, fine. You have to balance it with more water. How do you know if you have enough? The next time you urinate, next time you pee, check it out. It should be clear to light amber straw. Isn't that a mouthful? The next one are positive affirmations. Every time you hear yourself saying something negative, change that thought. That doesn't mean the situation isn't bad, like your daily commute, if you're a Beltway bandit like me in D.C. Whenever there's a wreck, I immediately say, thank you for the gift of time. I turn on my book on tapes. I turn on what I'm trying to enhance my brain to learn. Thank you for the gift of time. Adequate sleep. We have a nation of sleep deprivation. Doesn't that roll off the tongue? If you're part of a nation of sleep deprivation, get a grip. Your body needs the third shift. That's when you go to sleep and all your cells start to repair each other. That's what happens on the third shift. Stretch. My God, nobody stretches. And there were shells into yoga, especially breathing cued. Yes. Train it to be long and strong because we sit and get short and tight. You have to get out and do a little bit of aerobic exercise. Buy a good pair of shoes, walk straight, have your hydration. Give me 20 minutes a day. Eating. We like you to do what we call never hungry, never full. That means having at least four balanced meals a day. Most of us wait until we're starving to death. We eat the whole thing, and it's not pretty. And then we go, oh, my, I think I'm full. Well, more of that goes to fat as opposed to energy. Right. Next one's laughter. If you're not laughing and smiling throughout the day, your life is losing a lot of quality opportunities. So find things that make you laugh and smile. The next one's big. Get rid of some of the negative people in your life. There's A's that really aren't A people. There may be C's. And replace them with positive people. Do a little strength training. Do it with perfect techniques so you don't get injured. That means lifting it slow and lowering it slow where the muscle is always tight. Kindness. I've already done two unsolicited acts of random kindness to strangers today. And so I get two points for that. I get a point for each kindness. Random act of kindness. Holding a door for somebody that looked really ugly. Uh-huh. They, they weren't some supermodel. They, they had a horrible scowl on their face. That's what I mean by ugly. Uh-huh. Their emotions were coming through, and I waited and held the door. Am I glad they looked up at me and they almost smiled? It was hilarious. Yeah. And the last one is eliminating your own personal negativity, saying no to the negative emotional thoughts that run through your brain i give you an example. Whenever somebody cuts me off on the beltway, in the old days before I was trained, I'd pull out my gun and shoot them. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I would, but I would have liked to. You must mean this is, that wasn't like the old, old Western days that you would do that, huh? That, that's right. I'm very old. <laughs> I trained myself to say, if you're in that big a hurry, 
please go. Right. And even though I'm not wishing you harm, if you choose to have a wreck, go have it somewhere else. Right. There's the 12 commandments of wellness. I went through them quickly. But if they have piqued your interest a little bit, Rochelle's got the PDF, feel free to ask and enjoy. But if you will structure your life around those 12 commandments, that's a year's worth of corporate wellness and one quick one. Rochelle, we're winding down here, so it's back to you, my dear. Thank you, darling. Um, I'm sorry. That's um, Thank you, Jack. I, I hope you don't mind I called you, darling. I'm just so enamored by you. But thank you, thank you, thank you. And you guys, we are winding down, so I'm going to repeat what Jack said. If you want a copy of the 12 um, Commandments of Wellness, please email me, um, and I will send them to you. Beautiful. And here, just real quickly, just to reiterate what he said as we close out today, um, eat breakfast. Make sure you drink water, 8 to 10 glasses of water. It's so important to keep our body hydrated. Even though you may be drinking soda and, and coffee and ca- caffeinated beverages, caffeine is a diuretic. It actually helps us expunge water from our system, and we need to replace that. So make sure you drink 8 to 10 glasses of water daily. Positive affirmations, fabulous. What way to start your day than to start off with a positive affirmation like today is a fabulous day or today um, I feel invincible or whatever it is, but something positive that sings from your heart, not your mind, but your heart. Adequate sleep. Make sure you get adequate sleep because sleep is so important. This gives your body the time to rejuvenate and restore and rebalance itself. Without adequate sleep, you're always running on a low fuel tank like that light I was talking about with my son and his gas tank. Um, stretching. Stretching is good for the body. It helps helps gets the joints lubricated and gets things flowing. Aerobic Aerobic exercise, I can't say enough about exercising. You don't have to be the marathon runner and go out five and do five miles, but do something to get your heart rate up and get that blood and lymph flowing through your system. You will not regret it, especially during this time of the year. Eating balanced meals, make sure, make sure you eat balanced meals. I suggest eating um, regularly throughout the day, and we can talk about that in another show. But make sure you eat and take good care to nurture yourself and nourish yourself. Humor, always find humor. Find somebody that makes you laugh and have a belly-hearted laugh that is so deep and in, in, in just loving. It will just put a different spin on your day. Positive people, that goes without saying. As my grandmother used to say, and I, I do have Irish in me, Jack. I didn't tell you about that part, but my maternal grandmother was Irish and Native American, and she was from <laughs> And she would say, "At birds of the weather flock together. So if you surround yourself with negative people, you're going to be negative. But if you surround yourself with positive people, you observe, absorb their positive energy. You give them yours, and positivity springs forth from all of you. Strength training, I, that goes without saying. I do work out and I lift weights, but I was an athlete, so it just comes naturally to me, but take time to do a little bit of that. Women, that's good for our bone density and increasing and helping us prevent osteoporosis. And kindness. Doing those simple acts of kindness, fabulous. I like what Jack said about holding the door open for someone that you might want to slam it in their face. Do the opposite and be take the positive route and hold the door open for them. And lastly, and eliminating negativity. Find Use this as your mantra. Find whatever it is and take and, and do whatever you need to do to eliminate negativity from your life. And with that being, I want to just thank you, Jack, for being 
a fabulous guest on my show today, Blissful Living. Um, how can people get in contact with you if they want to know more about you or reach out and touch you personally? Well, they can use my email. My two main interests now are weight control for a lifetime and women's self-defense. Okay. And if you have an interest in that, I'd love to talk to you. I do workshops around the world. My email is fit, F-I-T-T, Inc, I-N-C, at AOL.com, F-I-T-T, Inc, I-N-C, at AOL.com. Wonderful. And, of course, everyone, you guys know I will have a link on the site so you can click on the link to contact Jack and and go further with him if that's something you would like to do. And as we close out the show, I just want to thank all of you for listening. I thank you, Jack Broderick, Jr., for being my fabulous guest today. And as always, I am wishing you peace to your mind. Uh, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. Thank you all for listening, and have a fabulous, fabulous day. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.